Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Views from the 573 Podcast. Hope you all are doing well this week as we're getting ready to talk about another week in the world of sports. The NBA season, the first week, is wrapped up. We got baseball to talk about. The World Series is underway with the first two games in Houston wrapping up as the series now shifts to Atlanta tomorrow night and for the next couple of games. The Cardinals hired a new manager. We'll talk about that here in a minute. And, of course, football. We'll start with college this week. We got a lot of big matchups to talk about for this upcoming week, especially in the Big Ten. That could determine how that se- how the seasons for a lot of those teams are going to unfold in the weeks to come in that conference. So, big week there in the Big Ten. The NFL... We'll talk about a lot of things that happened last week, especially with the Chiefs. They got shellacked by the Titans. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about the games coming up this week with a really good Thursday night matchup with the Cardinals and the Packers. A matchup between a team that's 6-0 versus 5-1. Packers, we'll see if Devontae Adams will be good to go. As he tests a positive for COVID, we'll see if he's going to be te- if he's going to test negative and he's going to be good to go. Cardinals, no JJ Watt. Looks like he's done for the rest of the season. So big loss there on their on their defense. Nonetheless, a fun Thursday night matchup to get things started off here in this upcoming NFL week. I have to go check what the week is. Week number eight, and we're about halfway. T- we're we're about at the halfway mark. Everybody, we're about there. So. Big, uh, some big games coming up this week, with especially with the game Thursday night. So, we'll talk all about that here in a minute. Of course, you can go find the the Views Channel and the Entertainment Channel on various podcasting platforms, whichever your preference is, whether it's SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, Anchor. Be sure to go subscribe, give us five stars, all that good stuff. Go check out the podcast twitter account 573 pods keep up with the latest action from us there including the links to the pod and anything that we're liking and retweeting coming out about the entertainment business what's going on in sports and all that good stuff speaking of the entertainment channel might need to hold off on the dc what if here for a little bit while longer peter has uh, not been feeling good not covid related uh he went on vacation last week and not feeling too good. And whenever we get to do the pod, I'll let him explain it himself. Cause I don't want to give that away on, on my watch. I'll let him talk about that, but, uh, non COVID related. So thankful for that, but he's probably going to need a little bit of time to rest up. And so he's not going to be able to give his, uh, his full effort with the DC. What if, as he's currently resting. And so we'll have to wait on that for a little bit while longer, but, no doubt it's coming here pretty soon. It's going to be a thing that we're going to have that's going to wrap up wrap up the year. And maybe it, if things continue to, if he continues to have to work on it a little bit more, maybe thing we start out with next year. So who knows? We'll see. But sure, surely enough, it's going to be happening. It's going to be coming down the road. So with that said, let's get on with the show for this week. And let's talk about Baseball, let's talk about the World Series with, of course, game number two last night in Houston with the Braves taking game number one. 
in Houston in surprising fashion, which we talked a little bit about what a potential Astros-Braves World Series would look like with how much experience the Astros have in these type of situations and how the Braves, they got a lot of guys that haven't been in this spot before. But the Braves, they come out swinging here in game one and immediately take home field advantage right off the bat, winning 6-2. And then you have the Astros jumping on the Braves in game number two last night, winning 7-2. So so both games at Houston split, and now the series shifts over to Atlanta for the next three days starting tomorrow night with game three and with games four and five there in Atlanta as well. If it goes to game six and seven, Game six will be next Tuesday, and then game number seven would be next Wednesday. So a little bit of a break there after game five where you get a day off. So the series is shifting to Atlanta. Atlanta, they got home field right now after splitting the the first two games in Atlanta. That was really important for them to, split, to find a way to at least split the first two games there. So they've taken home field advantage for Atlanta. The key is to not let Houston take home field advantage from you. And you got three games to do it. And listen, if you got, if you're, if you win all three games, you win the world series. That's as simple as that. But again, the Astros do have a lot of experience in this spot. They got a lot of guys that have been here before and played in, these key type of moments that always pop up in these World Series games. So that's something to watch out for. I want to see what the pitching matchup is for tomorrow night. But, of course, Game 1, Charlie Morton had to leave on a broken leg, but he he threw several pitches afterward, too. So props to him. Like, that's, that's tough. And uh, that leaves a big question mark for the Astro for the Braves there, as they lose their as they lose one of their starting pitchers, and that that could be a huge difference maker going going down these uh, next few games for the Braves. You lose a guy like Charlie Morton, who's been really good for the Braves this year, and it's gonna hurt. It's gonna hurt, and you gotta rely on guys like Max Fried. Ian Johnson, you got to rely on guys like that to really handle the starting jobs here for the next few games. So, big loss there, and this will be uh, very fun to watch as the series shifts to Atlanta. What choices are these teams going to make, and what are they going to do in certain situations and all that stuff, because... Now with the series shifting uh, shifting over to Atlanta, there's no universal DH yet, so the Astros are going to have to put their pitcher out there and let their pitcher hit. So there could be a possible advantage there for Atlanta. So this could be good for the Braves, having three games at home, three days in a row. That's good, but the Astros again, they've been here before. They they've done a lot of big things and key moments in the World Series. 
So it'll be a fun series the rest of the way as the series is split at one apiece with the series going to Atlanta the next three games. So should be fun. I'm anticipating this to be probably a six-game series, if I'm being honest. I think the Astros are going to at least get one at Atlanta. And I think the Braves will get one. But we'll have to see who gets that third one. Could be the Astros, could be the Braves. And one of those teams could have a 3-2 series lead heading back to Houston. So, I think this series goes six. I, I, I'll pick the Astros here. But I think whoever whoever gets that second game, whoever gets the second game out of the, this three-game set right here, I think they have a really good shot at winning the World Series. If it's the Astros and you're going back to Houston, well, that that's good news for you since you get the next two games at home. And if it's Atlanta... You're going back to Houston. You have two games to win one. So there you go. Should be a fun rest of the World Series as uh, we're getting things started here. So let's move on and talk about the St. Louis Cardinals, one of the local teams. As, of course, they fired Mike Schilt. So looking for a new manager. They announced that it's going to be an internal choice, and that internal choice was Oliver Marmol. And he's a guy that's been Schilt's pretty much right-hand man from what I've been reading about this hire and his relationship with Schilt. And he's been around this Cardinals organization a whole lot. He was drafted by the Cardinals in 07. So he spent a lot of his professional playing career with the Cardinals. And he spent a lot of time with the Cardinals as a minor league coach and manager. And he's been on the major league staff for five seasons now, including the past two in which he was the bench coach. And as I said, Schilt's right-hand man. So now he's going to be the manager for the Cardinals. 35 years old, really young manager. He's going to have two players older than him and Wainwright and Molina, which is wild to think about. As he's going to be, I, I would think, probably the youngest manager out there right now in the major leagues. So I think with the Cardinals, I think you probably expected them to go internal with this hire instead of outside. We talked about this a little bit last week or a couple of weeks ago where the Cardinals have rarely made a hire for their manager from the outside. The last time, the last time they did it was Tony LaRusso way back when. So they haven't done it in a long time. If you remember, you know, they went with, went with Matheny. He, he was a guy from the inside. Then they went with Schilt. He was a guy from the inside. And now Marmol. He's a guy from the inside. But it does sound like they really like what he can bring to this, this spot with this team. As right now, the Cardinals, it's been talked about a lot. This team is in a spot where they're really expected to be a contender for the 2022 season. 
And, I mean, with how they rolled late in the season, that's probably to be expected now. And 2022, you got a lot of things going for you. You got Molina and Wainwright's last season, and they want to get another shot at a title. You have a lot of guys that have stepped up here with Tyler O'Neill, Jack Flaherty, Harrison Bader, Dylan Carlson, that have really stepped up their games. You got Nolan Arenado, one of the premier third basemen, and all of the MLB starting to come back and opting in. And then you got some of your top prospects like Nolan Gorman, who can play infield or maybe can play a corner outfield spot. Or Matthew Libertore, who you're probably expecting to make his debut sometime in the upcoming season, whether it's as a starter or it's a guy coming out of the bullpen depending on how confident they feel about him. So you got a couple of your top prospects coming up, but with all the other stuff added into that with Wayno and Molina, with your, your nice young core that you have, led by Arenado, with Tyler O'Neill taking a step up, Flaherty, Carlson, Bader, you got Edmund. You got a lot of guys that I think are ready to contend, and 2022 is the year they're expected to with all that they got around there. So what's he going how's he going to handle this year as first year manager at 35? That'll be for Cardinals fans something to keep an eye on. And another thing to keep an eye on, how much will he how much say will he have in day day decision making? And Moselak was transparent in acknowledging that Marmol will have some autonomy. He will share some as manager on how he thinks about lineups, how he uses the pitching staff, and all that good stuff. You still expect Moselak to have some sort of input on what he wants, but I think if you're a Cardinals fan, you hope that Marmol will have the final say in uh, what's going down in the clubhouse, who, who's going out on the field today, who's pitching, who's getting warmed up in the bullpen, and all that stuff. And I think if you're a Cardinals fan, you hope that Marmol, he learned a lot in his time with the Cardinals as a, as a coach for s- several seasons now as Schilt's right-hand man, that he learned a lot and he saw a lot and he can use some of that to help them in year number one. So, an interesting hire from the Cardinals. Again, I think pretty much expected going internal with this hire instead of going external and hiring from the outside. There were probably some Cardinals fans a little bit let down because there were probably some choices they would have preferred maybe from the outside. But here they stay inside and hired the 35-year-old Oliver Marmol as their New manager heading into a 2022 season, which again, setting up to look like a very big and crucial season for the Cardinals, as you have a lot of stuff coming together for this for the season with a couple of your legends looking like they're going to be moving on out after this upcoming season. You got a nice young core with some guys that are that are stars like Arenado and Goldschmidt, and with some guys like O'Neill, Carlson, and Bader that are taking the next step up. And then you got your young guys that are coming up in Gorman and Libertore. 
So you got a lot of stuff going on here in the upcoming season. And it'll be interesting to ha- watch how Marmol handles all this stuff coming together at 35 years old. Again, that's really young for a manager, for a first-time manager. Again, Molina and Wainwright, they're both older than him. So I'll be curious to watch as the Cardinals get this season uh, underway in 2022 and see how all these pieces come together. What type of influence will will Marmo have? How much autonomy will he have? Will he have the autonomy Mosaic says he will in making day-to-day choices and all that good stuff? So Cardinals make a big hire for a manager, and that's where we're going to Leave it off for baseball. So we've been talking a lot of baseball here, thinking just now thinking about it here the last couple of weeks. This might be the most baseball we've talked here since uh, maybe the first couple years where we did MLP previews. Uh, goodness me. But uh, yeah, a lot, of, a lot of big stuff happening with baseball right here. So with that said, I guess let's get moving on to the usual stuff and let's talk about College football this week. So since we started with the NFL last week, we're heading to college football this week and talk about all the games that happened last week. And we'll talk about the games that are happening this week, which uh, they're they're pretty they're pretty uh, interesting games to keep an eye on. Pretty fun games to keep an eye on, especially if you're a Big Ten fan. All right, so let's start off talking about Northwestern at Michigan and. The Wolverines, we've talked about them a couple times here in the last several weeks. As they seem to have found an identity with Harbaugh finally after so many years. And they keep on rolling along. They're still undefeated. They roll Northwestern 33-7. And they're looking really good right about now. I mean, if you if you look at it. They're the team at the top of the rankings right now for the for the Big Ten now, along with Ohio State. Even though Ohio State does have a loss on, on, on their record against Oregon. So right now, Michigan looking pretty good right now. And Michigan State, of course, we'll talk about that matchup here in a little bit. They're undefeated as well as they keep on moving on up. So Michigan there. With the win over Northwestern, the state undefeated. Purdue knocking off Iowa the week before. And they get up in the rankings. They get up to number 25 in the rankings. And they play a Wisconsin team. And I said this last week, everybody. I said, it seems like when I picked Wisconsin here recently, it's gone against me. I went with my gut. I went with Wisconsin last week. And lo and behold, the Badgers do me a favor. They go and upset Purdue at home and get Purdue out of the rankings. That was pretty quick. And they knock them out and give me the dub there. Much needed. 32-13 was the final score. So Wisconsin goes on the road and gets the win there. Oklahoma State at Iowa State, Oklahoma State undefeated no longer as 
Iowa State, the Cyclones get the upset here. And in all fairness, it probably wasn't a good pick to go against Iowa State. Matt Campbell gets those guys up to play. And right around now is usually the time where they start to get going. So in fairness, it probably wasn't a good pick to go with Oklahoma State, even though they were ranked number eight in the country. They were undefeated. It's just that Iowa State was the better team that day. 24-21, to Brock Purdy, an amazing day. 37 point, uh, 307 yards passing. Really good day from him. Two touchdowns, 27-33. to That's really efficient coming from him. Reese Hall, 70 yards and a touchdown. Xavier Hutchinson, big day for him for Iowa State. 12 receptions, 125 yards, and two touchdowns as the Cyclones upset the Cowboys of Oklahoma State as they are no longer undefeated. The next game up, the Chip Kelly Bowl, I dubbed it. Oregon at UCLA. I went with UCLA on this one, the team that actually had Chip Kelly on their side. And UCLA barely lost this game. I almost had another one here. Oregon pulls away 34-2. to 31 and Dorian Thompson Robinson got knocked out of this game late and it's never a situation where you want to put your backup quarterback in again Tennessee did it the week before with Ole Miss and now UCLA had to do it against Oregon and just came up short as Oregon wins this one 34 to 31 they win the Chip Kelly Bowl so I guess it's fitting team that did have Chip Kelly and had started his his success, I guess it was fitting. Next up, LSU at Ole Miss. LSU jumped out to a pretty good start in this one. Jumped out to a pretty good start, of course. The news had been that Coach O is, is going to be out by the end of the year. And so... LSU, he had to figure out what type of team they're going to be down the road. As you know, your coach is out. How are you going to perform? Are your players still going to play? And they came out swinging in that first quarter, 17-0, but after that, it was all Ole Miss. Ole Miss putting up 17 in the second quarter, 14 in the third quarter, and LSU scoring 10 points in the fourth. 31-17, to and the score was not as close as the game indicated with with Ole Miss pretty much putting this game out of reach by the third quarter as LSU couldn't get nothing done pretty much on offense. And a lot of stuff going Ole Miss's way in this game. So Ole Miss winning 31-17 to in this one. Next up, we got Clemson and Pitt. I knew I should have gone with Pitt, everybody. I knew I should have gone with Pitt. Pitt, home game for them. Clemson, an underdog for the first time in a long time, especially in an ACC matchup. So I decided to go with Clemson in this one. Their record as an ACC underdog was pretty good, but I guess it had been a while, so... I guess I should have gone with Pitt here. Pitt winning 27-17. The 
Clemson Tigers pulled DJ Uwe Ungulale in this game. Again, not a good look for my Heisman pick. My goodness. Well, in fairness, I don't know if it was a good pick for anybody's Heisman ballots with him, Spencer Rattler, with those guys being the favorites pretty much. So, Pitt, they keep on rolling. 6-1 and one now. Moving on up in the rankings, Kenny Pickett having a really good day at the office. 25-39, to 302 yards and two touchdowns. So a good day for him as the Pitt Panthers, they keep on moving along. They're, they, Wake Forest, they're looking like two of the ACC's best right now. If you had told me that Wake Forest and Pitt would be the two favorites, I would be like, okay, quit playing NCAA football in the year, I don't know, 2034 or something like that, or 2030 or something. Like, all right, quit playing with NCAA, all right? This isn't a game. Uh, so Pitt with the win against Clemson there. Huge win for Pitt. Next up, Alabama at Tennessee. This is kind of the opposite of the Ole Miss-LSU game where it Ole Miss, once they put up that 31 in the third quarter, once they had 31 points in the third quarter, you're like, okay, this game's a wrap. LSU's not coming back. And you may look at the Alabama-Tennessee score and may think, oh, it's just a, another blowout, which it is. It's a blowout. Uh, but I guarantee you, there are some people, Matt, yes, I am throwing shade at Matt here a little bit. Matt would just look to, and others will probably just take a look at the box score and say that uh, it's just another blowout. But if you if you take a look at the points scored in this game, there was a point in this fourth quarter, Tennessee was only down seven points. And, of course, with the team being and uh, not executing as much as you would want it to and not having the depth that you would want them to, they end up, Falling in the fourth quarter, Alabama scores 28 points in that fourth quarter and runs away with it. Tennessee just looked tired and they looked gassed. So Tennessee falls 52-24 against Mamba again. I got the outcome I wanted out of this game, though. Did I want to see Saban sweat a little bit? Yeah, I definitely think he was sweating a little bit when he saw how close this game was. Did I see him get hopping mad? Yeah, about two or three times, and it was great. We now have gifs of those that we can use now, everybody. So, a couple things that I wanted from this game. Really excited that I got from this game. And also, they they really played, Tennessee played against Alabama pretty well. I mean, Hinder Hunker had a pretty good day. He had the bad interception there in that second half. But, uh, you know, solid day for Alabama all in all. A little bit closer of a, a lot closer of a game than they would have thought, as well as the rest of the country. As Bryce Young, he's looking like the Heisman favorite right now, along with Matt Corral and Kenny Pickett. Uh, 31-43, 371 yards, and two touchdowns through the air. Brian Robinson, 25 carries, 170 yards, and three touchdowns. But again, my main takeaway is we did those two things, got Saban mad. You, you love to see that. But also, it's 
listen, like this isn't like if you look at the past Tennessee coaches, the, co- the closest one that's come to being Bama in year one was Kiffin all those years ago. There was there was a time where Butch was really close in 2015, in which it was a really low scoring game. Then there was a time in 2019 where like Garantano and Pruitt and company were that close. All in all, this one felt a lot more closer and felt like we had more of a shot in this one than we did in that game at Bama two years ago. I felt a whole lot closer. And you felt like we have some guys and we have an offense that could really make some plays against this Alabama defense. Even with as much as little depth as we have, it was talked about all night. And yeah, you get tired of it, but crap, it's true. Honestly, you, I, everybody else listening to this podcast could probably go sign up right now. And that would really help build up the depth right there. So, all in all, it's another day in the office for Alabama. For Tennessee fans, it's another bad loss of Alabama. But there are some positive signs, a lot of positive signs that you could take away from this game. And take them and move forward. And see what you got against Kentucky and next week as Tennessee's got a bye week this week. So, thank goodness for that. But uh, there's some positive signs to build on, and you'll see how you do in Kentucky in about a week or so and see what you got against them. I know they're going to be amped up to have Tennessee come to town, and this is a shot at Tennessee to get another 50-50 win. They lost their first one with Ole Miss. Let's see if they can get this one at Kentucky. So Alabama gets a win there. Next game up. Ohio State at Indiana. Ohio State just blew Indiana out of the water. I don't. Th- I don't know if there's any more to discuss about that. I mean, my goodness. Ooh. Uh, freaking fifty-four to seven was the final score. So a huge blowout there in Bloomington. And then we got USC and Notre Dame with Notre Dame taking down USC. Let me go find the final score for that one there. 31 to 16, with that being the final score. So Notre Dame moves on ahead in their season. And NC State at Miami. Thank you. Everybody's been felt let down by Miami, and Miami hasn't had that good of a season. And so I think NC State was probably the logical pick here. In this ACC matchup. But Miami wins by a point. 31-30. to And knocks off the Wolfpack. And yeah Miami. They were 2-4 and four coming into this game. Huge for them. As they take down a ranked NC State team. To get their third victory on the season. So I feel... It, Probably should give an update on my picks as far as what's been going on. I have been doing a really good job about that. But right now, 43 of 80. I mean, it's not what you want, but it's over 500. So, taking a look at it. Let's see. What is it? 500. uh, It's a little over 500. It's around 537. Around that mark. So, listen. it It could be worse. It could be a whole lot worse. 
So that's where we're sitting at right now after week number eight. And let's head on over to week number nine. And boy, guys, do we have some fun Big Ten matchups. And by fun, I mean fun for a lot of Big Ten and a lot of hardcore college football fans. For the rest of the country, probably not because these games aren't going to be high-flying scoring games. So let's start off with the one that is the biggest one out of the weekend, out of the three that we have here. And that is Michigan at Michigan State. Both teams ranked in the top 10, Michigan at 6, and Michigan State at number 8. Both coming into this game undefeated. 7-0 each, 4-0 in the conference. Michigan right now is the favorite for this game. Michigan State wins this, guys. This might this is one of the biggest this would be one of the biggest victories they would have had in a long, long time. Is it's been a while. And with how Michigan State's schedule lines up after here. I mean, it's pretty easy for the next couple weeks. You got Michigan and then you got the play at Purdue, which again Purdue was ranked, but they got knocked off here recently. And then you got Maryland at home, and then you got two big games there at the end at Ohio State, and then at home against Penn State. So you got a couple games that you probably should win there if you're Michigan State after this one. So not too bad. Now, as far as Michigan is concerned, let's take a look at the Wolverines and see their schedule, how that stacks up. So you got this one, you got Indiana, which Indiana just got blown out by Ohio State, and that game's at home. That's at the big house. Then you got at Penn State, and Penn State is reeling right now, which we're not going to talk about that nine overtime game, which, goodness me, that was ridiculous. And Penn State probably deserved to lose to Illinois in that case. Uh, then you got at, and then they got to go to Maryland, and then they got the big one against Ohio State last Saturday in November. So, kind of like Michigan State, there's a couple easy games they probably should win, and they got they both got Penn State there and Ohio State. So, we'll have to see how their schedules unfold. But as far as this game is concerned, Michigan is the favorite right now. And I hate to say it, Sparty. I'm going with the Wolverines here to stay undefeated. I'll be curious to see how far this would knock down Michigan State in the rankings. It'll probably knock them out of the top 10. But I I still think they'll be ranked in the top 15 at least. At the very least. Alright, the next one. probably Probably the third biggest game out of the three that we got here. Number nine, Iowa at Wisconsin. Of course, Wisconsin taking down Purdue, the team that beat Iowa a couple weeks back. So, Wisconsin Wisconsin has an interesting schedule the rest of the way. You got this game, Rutgers, they're going, they play tough. Shiano's got that team playing tough. Northwestern. We'll see how that matchup goes. Nebraska is going to be a tough matchup for them. And then they got to go at Minnesota. So 
that's a doable schedule if you're at Wisconsin. And right now they're sitting at four and three. So it's a doable schedule for Wisconsin. Now, as far as Iowa's concerned, not a bad schedule for them. Of course, I got this game. Then I got to go to Northwestern next week versus Minnesota versus Illinois. And then he calls out at Nebraska. So not a bad schedule there for Iowa in the least either. Again, as far as this game is concerned, though, I think you got to go with Iowa. I'm not picking Wisconsin this week. Even though right now I'm looking at ESPN's matchup predictor and all the spread and stuff. A couple cases where Wisconsin is favored in this game by three and a half. So there's, there's some home field advantage stuff right there. Or Iowa has the has the numbers and the matchup predictor. I feel like Iowa's a smart and safe choice here in this matchup. So I'm going to go with Iowa here. And it's a little bit further down the list, but let's talk about the third big Big Ten matchup. And that is Penn State, of course, falling last week, going to 20 at Ohio State, ranked number five in the country. I I feel for Peter. I, again, I mentioned Peter's had, uh, had a rough week. Uh, he did go down to Florida and did go down to Disney. So that maybe, maybe helped a little bit. But, uh, of course, he, he he had his stuff going on. Then he had Illinois beating Penn State at nine overtimes. And now he's got Penn State going to Ohio State this week. I, I, I feel for him. I feel for him. This is going to be a it's gonna be a rough one. This is going to be a rough one here for, for uh, Peter. I got Ohio State winning this one. Ohio State, pretty interesting schedule. Last five games, you got this game. You got to go to Nebraska, then you got Purdue, and then you got both the Michigan teams. Michigan State at home, and then you got to go to the Big House at Michigan the following week. So those two weeks are going to be really fun. Those are going to be really fun for Big Ten fans, for college football fans. But again, as far as this matchup is concerned. Ohio State. I, I mean, I don't see any reason for me to pick Penn State in, in this game. If you do, you're probably just, uh, probably just a homer. Like, even I knew not to take my team against Alabama or a team like, you know, Georgia or something like that. I think I took them against Florida, so I can't say anything about that. So, Ohio State here. They get the win against Penn State. Big 12 matchup, Texas at Baylor. Texas uh, taking a couple bad losses here recently. Of course, they had their big game against Oklahoma a couple weeks ago that they fell short in. And, of course, losing in Oklahoma State the, the week after that. They got to go to Baylor now. Baylor, who's ranked 16th in the country, is rolling right now. They're feeling really good. They've Knocked off a couple teams in the rankings this season. Iowa State, BYU had a close loss against Oklahoma State. They smashed West Virginia. So the Baylor Bears are looking really good right about now as we're heading into the 
home stretch of the schedule right about now. And Baylor right now is the favorite, although it, it, in the point spread with the home field advantage with three points, that's usually the home field advantage sign. Right now, but Texas has the numbers in the matchup predictor. I, I I have a thing with Texas, Wisconsin, and USC where it seems like I picked them and it doesn't work out, and I go against them. It seems like they win, but I'm gonna say screw that this week and hopefully change the tide of that and go with Baylor here. Next up, Miami at Pitt. Listen, if Miami beats Pitt this week, I mean, the ACC's in full and total chaos, as if it wasn't already. But uh, I feel pretty good about Pitt coming in this week. Kenny Pickett right now is a Heisman contender. And Pitt is rolling along with him, leading this team. So give me the Pitt Panthers to take down the U. Next up, Georgia at Florida. Curious to see... where Florida's going to go for quarterback in this game, whether it's going to be Emory Jones or Anthony Richardson. I do anticipate seeing both of them in this game, but I don't know if it's going to be enough to even put a dent into Georgia's defense as that defense has just been dominant the whole season long where I don't think it matters who you have behind center there for Florida. So, Give me the Georgia Bulldogs to stay undefeated and stay at number one. Texas Tech at Oklahoma. Of course, Oklahoma. Really close game against Kansas? Kind of wild. Another thing that was kind of wild is Kansas was saying, like, hey, listen, anybody that wants to come to the game, like, Come on. <laughs> the gates are open. Don't have to get a ticket. Just come on in. So that was kind of wild. I wonder how many of us would take them up on that offer. But Oklahoma looking for a bounce back this week against Texas Tech, who just fired their coach. I think they got to take the Sooners here. They're, they keep on rolling along. Ole Miss at Auburn. This ought to be a fun one on the Plains. With Ole Miss being ranked in the top 10 high-powered offense against an Auburn team that's finding its footing here recently. They've really uh, battled here. They they found their footing. Bo Nix has had a pretty good season so far. And right now, I mean, they're sitting 5-2 and two right now. They're third in the SEC West race. And they got this one at home before they go to Texas A&M next week, who's also getting really hot right about now after that game against Bama. They are cold for a couple weeks, and and their game's losing to Mississippi State. And after losing to Arkansas, who's kind of fallen off a cliff here, Auburn right now is a huge favorite in the matchup predictor. They're only getting two and a half points there in some cases. This could be a high-scoring game, but I think I I think I'm going with the Rebels here. Matt Corral is the Heisman contender. Lane Kiffin has got this offense rolling, and I think they're going to go down to the Plains and they're going to 
move on to seven and one. So give me Dolmas Rebels to knock down the Auburn Tigers at home this week. Next up, Kansas at Oklahoma State. Again, Kansas put up a fight against Oklahoma last week. Can they do the same against their other counterpart against Oklahoma State, who just suffered their first defeat? I would say no, but I'm curious to see what all this... uh, Okay, yeah, uh, there we go. Uh, Oklahoma State here, I think it's the right pick and safest pick. But I'm sure there are people saying that before they saw Kansas leading Oklahoma at times last week. So let's go with the Cowboys here. Then finally, North Carolina and Notre Dame. This could be a sneaky one for Notre Dame. This could be a sneaky one. I remember saying the Virginia Tech one was sneaky uh, a couple weeks back, which uh, week six, and that was really close for Notre Dame. Virginia Tech almost won that game. Now, the difference in that game and this game is this game's at home for Notre Dame, so there's home field advantage for the Irish. But watch out for North Carolina in this one. This could be, again, a sneaky one for Notre Dame, even though it's at home. I'm still probably going to go with the Irish here. But North Carolina, I expect to give Notre Dame a good game. I expect it to be a a fun game. And I'll give North Carolina a shot at the upset. But for my picks, I'm going to go with Notre Dame. But North Carolina does have a shot at pulling off an upset here at at Notre Dame. So there's college football week number nine, everybody. So let's now move on to the pros and talk about the NFL and last week's games before we get into this week's games. And I feel like we should probably start off with... Uh, with the couple big surprises of the day. And uh, sorry, sorry, Rebecca and Matt. You, you might not want to listen for the next few minutes. <laughs> so let's start off and let's talk about the Cincinnati-Baltimore game. Big AFC North matchup between a Ravens team that's looked really good here in recent weeks and a Bengals team that's actually looked really good, and they've taken a lot of steps. And Jamar Chase has completely transformed that offense. And again, when we were at, and when we were at the draft, a lot of people were making out like, "Oh crap, the Bengals have gone with Sewell there to protect Burrow." But right now, the offensive line is doing a decent job, and Jamar Chase is really, again, transform this offense. If you look at his numbers right now, it's stupid. They're stupid how good they are. Like, if you guys saw the one he took to the house last week, holy crap, no ordinary wide receiver can do that. None. So, he's really helped make that offense and really take that next step adding that elite level playmaker there outside on the perimeter. And the Bengals, they come in there, they come into Baltimore, and they smash the Ravens. They smash the Ravens 41 
to 17. Joe Burrow, 23 of 38, 416 yards, three touchdowns, one pick. And again, Jamar Chase, eight receptions, 201 yards and a touchdown. The Bengals completely overwhelmed the Ravens. Ravens had no answer there. It was 13 to 3, 13 to 10, heading into the half. Baltimore only scored a touchdown in the second half, and that was it. Cincinnati took the game from there, scoring 14 points in both the third and fourth quarter. And again, they're, Cincinnati's looking like a real serious team here in the AFC. And who would have who would have thought who would have thought that the Bengals at this point would be sitting atop the AFC North with a lot of talk about Cleveland and how they look like they're going to be the team. And it's Baltimore, and Baltimore was there, but now they got knocked off by the Bengals at their place. They got knocked off at home. This wasn't at Cincinnati either, so it was quite the shocker. But Again, props to Cincinnati. You gotta give them their flowers for what they've been able to do this season and what they did in that game was really impressive and really interesting to watch and see how this team is gonna grow into the next few games because Cincinnati let me take a look at their schedule right quick. You got the Jets, okay, that's a dub. Uh <laughs> Then you got the Bengals. Then you got the Browns. We'll have to see how healthy Baker is. The Raiders, they've looked like they've gotten their stuff together now after what's happened with the Gruden and all that stuff. Steelers, Chargers, 49ers, Broncos, Ravens, Chiefs, and then going to Cleveland. Not too bad of a schedule there, but they're going to have some chances here to really show how good this team is and if they are indeed ready to take uh, the next step in the AFC and in the NFL in general. So, big game there in Baltimore. And then big game in Nashville with really kind of a shocker. And I'm glad I picked my Titans. I I guess that may be the homer picking me. But, yeah, my goodness. 27-3, Kansas City's offense looked about as inept as I've ever seen it. Against my Titans defense? No. That was the, that was the scariest part. This Titans defense shut down this Chiefs offense, which, I mean, listen, the Chiefs have had their fair share of problems on the offensive end with... Mahomes getting sacked and hit back there, which he took a bad hit at the end of that game. That was scary. And, of course, giveaways. They've had a problem with that this whole season. But to, to do what they did against the Chiefs, I mean, again, I'm going to take a look at how many times like leading receiver was Byron Pringle for the Chiefs. Tyreek... I don't even know. I think he was targeted in the second quarter for the first time during this whole game. Of course, Kelsey made a couple plays, but 
Tyreek, he had nine targets. They, they got it to him late there. Six catches for 49 yards, not going to cut it. Kelsey, seven catches for 65 yards. It's a little bit better, but nonetheless, it's still not good. And Mahomes, 20-35, 206 yards, one pick and four sacks. And not a good QB rating either. So surprising day for the Titans defense. They really came to play with uh, everybody showing up. Uh, David Long, which if you've seen the Jeff of David Long mocking Travis Kelsey, it's <laughs> pretty funny. Uh, Jeffrey Simmons showed up. Alvin Dupree, Bud Dupree got his first sack as a, as a Titan in this game. He played pretty well, even though he's not 100%. Danico Autry has been a great signing for that Titans defense. And this is against a Titans secondary that has been decimated here in recent weeks. Decimated. And you get an average day from Derrick Henry. And I say average, but the man threw a touchdown pass. He had a, a he had more touchdown passes than Mahomes. Who had that on your bingo card? Who had it? If you had it, well, congratulations. Step of the hat to you. Uh, Tannehill, he really felt it here in this game. That one pick he threw was, was bad. Only took one sack, too. So, good news for, uh, for the Titans there. 21-27 for Tannehill. One touchdown passing and rushing as well. A.J. Brown showing up. Eight receptions, 133 yards, and a touchdown. He, him coming up big here. So, in talking about these two teams, I mean, the Chiefs, I mean, there's a lot of people calling out their effort during this game. And they got a pretty easy test here next week on Monday night against the Giants. So, it might, it, it could be a good bounce back win for uh, them to get back to 500. But there's a lot of questions, a lot of concerning questions for this Chiefs team. And for the Titans, I mean, it's looking pretty good right now. That Jets loss, it makes that Jets loss even more infuriating if you're a fan. If you take a look at that, it makes it even more infuriating because that shouldn't have happened. But, I mean, right now, if you're the Titans, you're looking at your schedule right now. It's, it's not bad. You got to go to Indy this week. So, you know, Indy's going to put up a fight. I mean, it seems like it's how the Titans and Colts games always go. Then you got to go to the Rams on, for Sunday night football. Then you got a couple home games against the Saints and Texans, which Saints, I mean, they're just average right now. And the Texans, not good. So we'll see. At the Patriots, depending on what type of Patriots team we'll see in that game. So we'll see. Jaguars, Steelers, 49ers, Dolphins, Texans. I mean, not a bad schedule here for the back half of this season. So, couple big games here in which we got shocking results. We knew the Chiefs and Titans game was going to be one to watch, but we expected a higher point total, this to be a shootout. But no, completely surprising results from both of these games. 
And so, Titans get the win there. Ravens get the loss here against the Bengals. So, go one-on-one on those picks. As far as the other games, Broncos at Browns. Browns win with Case Keenum at the, at the quarterback position. Packers take care of Washington at home. Panthers and Giants, what a stinker. Like crap. The only good thing to come out of this game was Daniel Jones doing his best Odell Beckham impression. And even that was a little bit cringy at times. And now you get the Panthers wanting to get back in the in the and the Deshaun Watson talks. So really not a good game at all. Raiders at Eagles. Again, the Raiders are looking they're looking like they were at the beginning of the season right now. Sitting at 5 and 2. Derek Carr is still having an awesome season. I want to take a look at the stats right now. Uh, second in the league in yards passing. Tied for 12th as far as touchdowns. Tied for 19th as far as interceptions. Ranks in the top 10 as far as QBR. So a really good season here from Derek Carr as the Raiders move on to 5-2. and two. Next up, we got the Cardinals at Texans. No much, Not much need to discuss there. Cardinals get the win there. Bears at Buccaneers. This was tough to watch if you're a Bears fan. This was tough. Oh, boy. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, listen, this is what you expect to have a rookie quarterback going against this Tampa defense. Really good. And Tom Brady throws a 600 touchdown in this game. Way to go, Mike Evans, for giving away that ball. But, uh, you know, just if you're a Bears fan, that's, that was tough to watch. I think if you're an NFL fan, that was tough to watch. So the Bucks get the win there. Colts at 49ers played in, I guess, a mini monsoon in which the 49ers end up losing this game. This one was an ugly one, too, 30 to 18 Indianapolis. So they get the win there. Carson Wentz, from what I've understood, he didn't, he, he made a, he had a couple bombs in this game, but they weren't complete, except they went for pass interference. And since that's a spot found in the NFL, well, there you go. There's your big plays there from the Indianapolis passing game. And then Saints at Seahawks. Jameis versus Geno. Didn't think we'd see this matchup. And uh, not a really good one here either. 13-10. to 10. In favor of the Saints. So the Saints. They move on. To 4-2. But I would say that's a pretty average 4-2 team. That we're seeing right there. So that's week number 7. And let's take a look at the. At the picks that I've made so far. In the first 7 weeks. Of the season. Let's see where that percentage is at. I think it's going to be a whole lot better than the college ones. Yeah, it's well over 600 right now. So, looking pretty good as far as the NFL is concerned. I think the NFL is a little bit more easier to pick, probably, than college football, considering 
college football is just so unpredictable. I mean, but I mean, that's the reason I think everybody loves college football. Well, most people love college football. Next up, week eight, Packers at Cardinals. Starting off week number eight. Going to be a fun one to watch. We'll see if Devontae Adams can can give it a go tonight if he's tested negative. Oh, man. Whew. I had to check what's... What's what's the info for this game? What what are the stats? What's the line for this one? Cardinals seven and zero. They moved on to seven and zero. Packers six and one. Right now, the Cardinals are a pretty good favorite. They're nearly a touchdown favorite at home in some cases. But do I pick against Aaron Rodgers? Well, if he's there's no Devonte Adams. Well, let's see if Devontae Adams is going to play tonight. And if he is, that makes my pick a little bit tougher here. Okay, he's he's out for this game. Didn't clear COVID protocols. So that's going to be a huge loss for the Packers. So even though despite Aaron Rodgers is on the other side, I think I'm going to go with the Cardinals to stay undefeated here. Be a really good win for them in week eight, around the halfway point of the season to move on to a no. Dolphins at Bills. Dolphins, a lot of stuff going on there with the Sean Watson stuff. Tua, does he feel wanted or not? Tua actually had a good game against Atlanta last week. Just had a couple bad plays. But he had a really good game last week. Bills coming off a bye week. They are probably ticked off after what happened the week prior before their bye week with the Titans. So I will take the Bills here to get one for for revenge. And since the Dolphins are the team they're playing this weekend, that's who they're going to get their revenge on. 49ers at Bears. Listen, guys, there are a couple games on here that are just kind of meh. And this is kind of and this is one of them. So what what's this game? 49ers are favorite. Okay. Uh okay. Okay. Hmm. Do I go with the Bears here? Do I go against the grain and go with the Bears? You know what? Hmm. You know what? Yeah. You know what? Give me the Bears. After harping on how bad they looked against the Buccaneers, which I mean, it's a rookie quarterback against Tampa. I think anybody's going to look bad. Give me the Bears here. Steelers at Browns. I wonder if Baker is playing this week. So let's check if Baker is playing this weekend against the Steelers. And right now, it looks like there's some signs that are pointing to Baker probably starting. But I guess we'll just have to find out here in the next couple days, in the next 24, 48 hours. But I'm going to go with the Browns here. I'm going to go with the Browns here, even if it's Case Keenum. Titans at Colts. I expect this one to be close. I expect this one to be close, even though considering what the Titans have done, knocking off the Bills and the Chiefs the last couple weeks, I expect this one to be close, and he's going to give them a fight. And this Colts team isn't the same one that played that played the Titans a few weeks ago with Carson Wentz, both of, both of his ankles messed up. Quinn Nelson getting knocked out of that game. 
And the Colts forced three turnovers in this game. However, Julian Blackman, who forced one of those turnovers, if I remember right, he's not going to get to play in this game. He's done for the year. So what's going to give? Right now, the favorite is the Colts. I do think this is going to be a close game. It's going to be a lot closer game than I think probably some Titans fans want, including myself. I'm still going to go with the Titans, but I think this game is going to be a lot closer. It, it could very well be a a touchdown game. It Shoot, it might be a field goal type of game. Uh, if it's a blowout, if the Titans come out and like they come out swinging like they did last week, I I don't see how the Colts can do anything to, st- to stop it. Uh, it's kind of the thing. Like once the Titans get once the Titans get way ahead, you just run it with Derrick Henry and run down that clock, and it's just gonna wear on you. So I'll go with, I'll go with Tennessee there. Patriots at Chargers. Chargers having the bye week last week, come back this week and play the Pats at home. Right now, let's see, that's probably the premier game of the afternoon. I'll have to take a look back at that. Right now, Chargers, big favorite in this one. I think I'm going to go with the Chargers as well. The Chargers have looked really good. They're 4-2. They can get back on top of the AFC West with this one. And depending on how the Raiders do, if they got a game this week, I don't know if they got a bye this week. Yeah, they do. So they can get back on top of the AFC West here with this win. So give me the Chargers to win one coming off the bye. Washington at Denver. This, no, this could be one of the ones to to watch during this afternoon because there could be some and there's some intrigue in this game. Uh, with I don't which I don't know who to pick. I don't know who the outright favorite is right now. Denver is, but I mean, both teams not looking really good right now. I think I guess I just go and pick Denver here because it's home field for them. They got the altitude on their side, and uh, right now. I mean, as far as who's been playing better right now, Denver's been playing better, so give me the Broncos here. Buccaneers at Saints. I think I'm going to go with the Buccaneers here. Pretty easy pick, I think. As I don't know what the Saints team is. They're kind of like Jameis Winston Winston himself. You don't know what he is week to week. So give me the Buccaneers there. Cowboys at, at Vikings. The Sunday night game. Vikings sitting at 3-3, three and three, even 500. And as far as the ESPN stuff is concerned, it's a lot closer than you would think. Right now, the Cowboys are favored by the point spread. ESPN matchup predictor slightly in favor of the Cowboys. So, pretty interesting with how the Cowboys have played in the first few weeks of the season that as far as Matchup predictor and point spread is it's this close. I will take the Cowboys, but I mean, and listen, it's primetime Kirk. <laughs> primetime Kirk, I think, is still a thing. So give me the Cowboys here to win on Sunday night and Giants at Chiefs. Listen, nothing is as great as Daniel 
Odell Beckham Jr. Jones. <laughs> but I think the Chiefs bounce back this one and get a much-needed win back at Arrowhead. They get them at 500, and they get them at the 500 mark. So, that's it for week number eight. That'll do it with the NFL, and that'll do it for this podcast, everybody. Thank you guys for tuning in this week. We'll be back next week talking about all these games with college, with the NFL, talking about how the Big Ten, if anything changes with the games this week, if if there are going to be any changes, how big are they? The NFL will be back talking about all these games this week, see if there's any surprises in this upcoming week. I expect there probably will be. And a World Series. We'll see where we're at with the World Series at this point next week. Hopefully, we'll be able to get Charles on here in the next couple weeks to talk some NBA and talk about first impressions of the season so far. So, keep an eye on that for the meantime. Keep an eye on the Entertainment Channel for the DC What If or any pods we got coming our way with the Turtles coming out here pretty shortly. Uh, with No Way Home, with that coming out here within less like less than two months and with all the stuff coming out about it. So keep an eye on both those channels. Where you guys get your podcasts, be sure to go check out those platforms. Follow us, subscribe, give us a good rating on there and all that good stuff. Go check out the Twitter account for the pods, 573pods. You'll find a link to this pod and all the other pods on there as well. So that'll do it for us here, everybody. Hopefully you guys have a great weekend. Until next week, talk to you guys next time.